ஸ்மிருதிபுராணம் கருணாலயம் நமாமி பகவத்பாதங்கரம் லோகசங்கரம் ஆச்சாரியா சங்கரா ஹேட் அ ஹார்மனைசிங் விஷன் புத்திசம் வாஸ் ஆன் த டிக்ளைன் இன் இந்தியா ஆஃப்டர் ஹேவிங் ஃப்ளரிஷ் ஃபார் நியர்லி அ தௌசண்ட் இயர்ஸ் ஸோ இந்த மிட்ஸ் ஆஃப் டீஜென்ரேட் ரிலிஜியஸ் அண்ட் சோஷியல் கண்டிஷன் Acharya Shankara wanted to re-establish the supremacy of the Vedic religion. He also wanted to assimilate it to the good points in Buddhism that were in harmony with the Vedic teachings. Shankaracharya had seen that the Buddhism had degenerated into various corrupt practices owing to the mass influx into the Buddhist fold of all sorts of degenerate people. There was a lot of confusion in the society and uh, Shankaracharya Uh, uh, knew that if people were to be won back to the Vedic fold, these, can, these uh, efforts have to be taken. One was the extravagances of Vedic ritualism involving sacrificing of alim- animals must be eliminated and ritualism must be spiritualized. There must be a place for a god who can be worshipped and loved. There must be a place for jnana, bhakti, karma and yoga in a harmonious manner. Also, he wanted to integrate the best of the buddhist heritage which were not in contradictory to the vedic doctrines he wanted to purify and modify them to suit the times society must be oriented to the spiritual ideal but the duties and modes of spiritual sadhana people must be regulated and harmonized with their capacities understanding and sage of development society must grow in an all round harmonious way So what was the methodology of Shankaracharya? The Advaitic doctrines, it was all comprehensive. It was based on the basic uniting philosophy and of rejuvenation of society and revival of Vedic Dharma with its twofold objectives of Abhyudhyaya and Nixreyasa, that is the secular welfare and prosperity and spiritual evolution. So Acharya Shankara traveled the length and breadth of Bharatvasha from Kashmir to Kanyakumari, from Kamrup to Kutch, meeting opponents in debate and making disciples and purifying social and religious customs. He wrote in simple Sanskrit commentaries on the Prashtanatraya, one, the Upanishads, two, the Brahma Sutra, third, the Bhagavad Gita. Thus, the Vedanta has all these three aspects in its, in its methodology. It has revelational tradition, Shruti as its basis, where we have got the profound, direct spiritual intuition of the great seers, and then these intuitions have been put on a rational basis, yukti, and they are verified and realized by oneself in life through sadhana or spiritual science of a universally reliable philosophical religion open to rational investigation. Acharya Shankara declares that he considers the Shruti as the primary authority and means of valid knowledge, pramana, with regard to transcendental truth, since it alone can give us first-hand knowledge of the supra-sensual and the supra-mental spiritual verities to form the hypothesis. Then the scripture, recent vis-a-vis revelation scripture. Acharya Shankara gave supreme importance to the scriptures. He saw with his keen insight clearly the limitations of empirical reason and its conflicting nature when it is not wedded to experienced facts. Though 
through though reason is a very good instrument and we have performed to record take recourse to it in communicating with others it is not capable of yielding truth or facts by itself reason has got its own inherent limitations senses are also defective so reason is only an intermediate stage so for acharya shankara the scripture was extremely important just as regard to external phenomena and external world the senses are an instrument of knowledge pramana similarly with regard to things that are transcendent and are not amenable to the senses of the ordinary mind it is intuition or the supra sensual perception that is a criterion of knowledge we directly perceive the truth we do not reason it out for the truth of the reason itself is ultimately directly perceived and not by another reason no amount of reasoning in a vacuum can tell us about the truth so the scripture is a in the in the case of both extra sensual phenomena and supra sensual reality direct perception or experience aparaksha anubadhi is a primary criterion and the scripture is a record of such spirit, spiritual perceptions that is why acharya shankara while giving primacy to scriptures or revelation shruti stresses the inevitability of the other two pramanas reasoning yukti realization realization anubuti and this last one he considers as the final clinching pramana vivek churamni verse 474 478 it is accepted that though reason cannot give truth directly truth cannot contradict or be disharmonious with reason again a scripture is not a pramana in empirical matters whether other pramanas are opera- operative it is the beauty of the upanishads that they themselves uphold this threefold criteria of truth they declare the self my dear is to be seen how is it to be seen it has to be heard first shrotaya it should be first heard from those who have seen or from the scriptures then we have to cogitate about it mantraya and find out whether it stands to reason whether the intuition is correct whether there is possibility of its existence after proper reflection on the matter when working faith is generated in the mind we have to strive to realize it through the prescribed sadhanas or the spiritual practices nididhyasa we may compare our experiences with other experiment experimenters in the field however real self realization begins Im- brings immediate and unshakable certitude and conviction like the seeing the sun ultimately the goal is realize self realization which is the final pramana it is only when we have experienced the truth ourselves and find it is harmony with the other pramanas that we get a firm conviction and not before that all the three pramanas have to be employed to arrive at truth in a mutually coordinated manner to reinforce itself each other and not in isolation for though each pramana is great in its own place there will remain uncertainty and every change of going wrong if each is perceived exclusively so acharya shankara's philosophy was a harmonizing philosophy shankara was not only scientific in his outlook but also comprehensive and inclusive in his approach he did not argue with others or refute other systems of philosophy merely for the sake of refuting he refuted only those points which were contrary to any of the above three criteria he accepted other aspects in them to the extent they were in harmony with this he knew that the truth can be expressed in d- different ways on the phenomenal plane and such he also accepted the relative validity of certain aspects of their own fields though not as ultimate truth for instance he was bold enough to say that each pramana has its own sphere of operation where it is fully valid 
Stuti has its own sphere, reasoning has its own sphere, and sense perception has its own. And in each sphere, that, that particular type of pramana is operative and dominant. He declares that the scriptures have not validity where it contradicts direct perception. Supposing the Sruti comes to the level of the phenomenal world where the sense perception is pramana and says something which is contrary to a sense perception, that fire is dark and cold, then even if there be hundreds of such texts, they have to be rejected as invalid because they contradict what is the patent experience of everybody on the sense perception plane that fire is brilliant and hot. Similarly, sense perception cannot be the valid authority on the transcendental plane. There is day and night from the standpoint of the earth, but there is not day and night from the standpoint of the sun. The genius of Acharya Shankara was that he tried to coordinate all levels of human experience, transcendental and empirical. He also graded them properly. And uh, we have the Paramatika Satya, Pradipashika Satya and Vyavaharika Satya. And, uh, Brahman, which transcends time, space, and causation, which are the three aspects of Maya, it is Satyam, Jnanam, Anantam, Brahman being infinite is absolute bliss. And the universe is subject to time, space, causation, and thus it, it, it's Brahman's opposite. In this sense, universe taken in itself is Mithya, relatively or phenomenally real. When compared to Brahman, it is a Satyam or Sat, no, not real, Jnanam or Achit, not conscious, Anantam or Shantam, not infinite or finite, and Niranandam, not blissful. The universe expresses the characteristics of Brahman under the conditions of time-space causation. That is the existence, non-existence, knowledge, ignorance, massive, minute, happiness, misery. So the, these are the three types of realities. Shankaracharya points out that the Sruti says the ultimate reality is non-dual, indivisible Brahman, Akandam, Advidam, Brahman. And from this, that this whole universe has emerged through its inscrutable power called Maya, the principle of projection and relativity. relativity. We can and do intuitively grasp Brahman, the supreme reality, taught by the Sruti as our inner self. When we come to the phenomenal world of mental come sense experience with time, space, causation, reason becomes operative. Therefore, there must be a rational process by which we can understand and coordinate the whole phenomena. Acharya Shankara builds up with spiritual authority a consistent and coherent Brahm cosmology delineating the evolution of universe from that Brahman through the power of Maya. And uh, Acharya Shankara points out that Dharma taught by the Vedas is twofold leading to Abhyudhyaya, secular welfare and Nisrayasa, spiritual evolution. Therefore, society must be based on Dharma oriented to spiritual libera liberation. Shankara recognized dharma, karma, samsara, and relative existence, which he holds can be uh, transcended by bhakti, self-surrender to Ishvara or jnana, or transpersonal Brahman as one's real self or atman, that is self-knowledge. And uh, Shankara, it was a universal spiritual religion. Uh, Maya can be transcended and identity with Brahman can be realized by the jiva. Acharya states that it can be done by the grace of Ishvara by the direct but difficult path of jnana. And uh, Shankara also admits that the possibility of jnani is remaining on the level of bhakti and karma as jivan muktas. He also holds that the followers of your other yogas too, if desired, can ultimately reach to a state of identity with Brahman for this, uh, uh, though jnana, uh, through, through jnana. For this identity is a pre-existing natural non-dual state attainable by all since it is only to be recognized in knowledge though initially the other yogas operate in the realm of duality. 
Here, the jnana or jnanishta that is being established in jnana may be distinguished from jnana marga or path of jnana. The identity of Brahman, Atman, Jivatma, Paramatma can be realized through the path of jnana by those only whose minds have been rendered one-pointed and subtle and pure through the spiritual and moral disciplines and trained in seeing subtle realities. And uh, Acharya Shankar, Shankara, as we all know, was a realized soul. And by teaching on the all-pervasive principle of Advaita, the one reality pervading all aspects of life, he gave impetus and support to all types of genuine spiritual striving. And he said that the quarrels between various religious sects were futile, were futile and we are all attempting to reach the same reality in different ways under different, na uh, different names and forms. It is the one reality that is manifesting in different forms and hence can be viewed and approached in different ways. He was a great nation builder and... Uh, he gave, Acharya Shankara gave support to the differing religious sects, whether they worship Vishnu, Shiva, Shakti, Ganapati, Surya, Kumar, or any other deity. So, and it is the same spirit, Ekam, Sat, Vipra, Bahuda, Vedanti. The same thought, the same river of this universal thought is followed through all Indi Indian culture. That is why there has been very few religious conflicts in India, especially using violence before the advent of Islam. It is Acharya Shankara's genius that he gave philosophical basis and support to this idea of oneness or unity in diversity, which is inherent in the very structure of Indian thought. Through his universal philosophy, he gave a broad basis to all our thinking, both secular and spiritual, and then to perpetua perpetuate this philosophy and establishment of dharma of moral purity, which is the, the goal of which is the realization of the uh, self-realization. He founded great spiritual centers, matas at the four quarter corners of India for the propagation of noble universal ideals at Puri, Dwaraka, Bhattinath, Sringeri. And uh, his, they were, his chief disciples were given the task of disseminating dharma based on the two Vedic, uh, two ideals of Vedas, Abhyudhyaya and Nisreyasa. So his was an all harm, harmonious philosophy which uh, the goal was the social unity and the spiritual welfare. Swami Mukhyananda of uh, Ramakrishna Mat says that he was a towering personality and within a short life of 32 years brought in a thorough revolution in the social and religious and spiritual and philosophical light and thought of the country. And his uh, philosophy is applicable to all people and to all times.